You're listening to In My Father's House with our pastor and teacher, Mike Venizio, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in New York City, New York. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. In my Father's house, where I long to be, oh, my heart will not be troubled. I remember what you said. Do you feel like life has passed you by? Do you feel defeated? Have you, in fact, wasted opportunities that you feel as if you're never going to be able to get them back? Hey, listen, remember God is the eternal God. That was the sign of the burning bush. He will take you right where you are and bring victory out of defeat. When Moses encountered God at the burning bush, he was quite old. Although his life began with a lot of promise, he made decisions that led him into hiding for decades. As an old man, his life seemed like opportunity wasted. But Pastor Mike shows us in Scripture today that this was the precise time when God chose to use Moses. Despite his past and his old age, Moses would be the man God used to lead his people out of slavery in Egypt. And like Moses, our future doesn't have to be defined by our past. Now here's Pastor Mike in the book of Genesis chapter 9 as he continues his message, The God Who Gives Signs. Genesis chapter 15 and verse 5, and this is the sign. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars, if you are able to number them. And he said to them, So shall your descendants be. Okay, so what did God do? Basically, he took him outside of his tent on one of those clear desert nights and asked him to look up into the great expanse of the night sky. Have you ever been out in the desert before on a clear night? It's amazing, isn't it? The sky is just lit up with stars. You know, every year our staff, we travel out to Phoenix to attend the Southwest Pastors Conference. And man, those starry nights out in Phoenix are amazing, aren't they, Pastor Jose? And man, the sky is just lit up and and the expanse of the, of the sky, you know, all of the stars, it's amazing. And so basically then God said to Abraham, Abraham, consider the stars, the great sum of them. And this is what your posterity will be like. So Abraham, you might feel alone right now, but I want you to know that those who will descend from you, and not just physically, But spiritually, and remember, as I mentioned before, Abraham is considered the father of the faith. But spiritually as well, your spiritual children, and that's who we are, 
will be as numerous as the stars of heaven. Okay, now let's bring this down to personal terms. And how does this relate to us in that considering this sign or looking to this sign? Well, let me ask you the question. Are you feeling lonely? What happened in your life's experience? Maybe your family is broken up. Maybe one of your relatives has passed on. Or maybe they've moved away, as I've mentioned before. And you're feeling alone. You're lonely. Well, God would say to you, look up. Look around. I want you to see the great number of those who are my children among whom you have your place. And a great number like the stars in the sky. This is your family. This is the family, the new family that God has given you in Christ. And you know what? For some of us, it's a closer family than our natural families are. I know that this is true of me, you know? I still have one sister that's still alive, and, and you know, I, we have a relationship, but I got to tell you something. I'm closer, and I'm not saying that that's the way it should be, and that might not be your experience, but, you know, some of the relationships that we have here in this fellowship are amazing. And God has brought us together, right? And Jesus is the glue that bonds us together. He's the common denominator, right? And we have this love relationship, this bond, this family, this wonderful family that God has given to us. So look around, you know, once again, and consider that. And we are a part of this family. Now, once again, I would like for us to appeal to the book of Revelation, And in Revelation chapter 5, and again, the picture that's being painted there for us is John, the beloved, who is the recorder of the book of Revelation, has already been raptured. He's standing before the throne of God. And there are a great host and number of people standing there along with him. And Jesus comes forward as the Lamb of God, right? And he's being worshipped as the second person of the Godhead, the second person of of the Trinity, right? And they're crying out, holy, holy. It's quite a scene that's being played out there for us and recorded for us there in the book of Revelation in chapter 5. This great company worshiping around the throne. There are thousands upon thousands of God's people. And so I would encourage you to think about that the next time that you feel lonely. Maybe you're feeling abandoned or whatever. You may feel lonely now, but one day, you will experience the fullness of that great fellowship and company that is mentioned and recorded for us there in the book of Revelation in chapter 5. The truth of the matter is you're you're never alone. You're never alone. What a scene that's going to be. Man, I'm really looking forward to that day. So that's the second sign. So the next time you feel lonely, you know, walk outside of the door of your home. And if you can, it's real hard in Manhattan because of the lights and stuff, but get to a dark area somewhere where you can look into the expanse of the sky and see those stars, and hopefully it'll remind you that you're a part of a bigger picture, right? And that you're not alone, and that God has given you this wonderful family. So that's the second sign that I wanted to draw your attention to. Now, the third sign speaks to us of courage for the defeated. So if you're taking notes, write this down. The third sign that I would like for us to consider is the sign that speaks to us of courage for the defeated. And I'm thinking of, in this case, 
the sign of the burning bush that is referred to in the book of Exodus. It was a specific, particular sign that was given to Moses. You see, there was a period in Moses' life where he had to flee from Egypt. You're all familiar with the story. In spite of him being raised as a prince in Pharaoh's palace, there was a sense he was to be the deliverer of God's people, something innate within him. He identified with them, and he was determined to lead them out of their bondage. And at last, the day came. Now, picking up in this story, in Exodus chapter 2, in verses 11 and 12. Now, it came to pass. Now, he's anticipating that he was going to be the leader of God's people, Israel. That he was going to be the one, who, the instrument through which God was going to deliver his people, Israel, out of their bondage there in Egypt. Now, it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens. By this time, he was already a prince in the palace of Pharaoh. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So he looked this way, and he looked that way. In other words, he was looking around to make sure that no one was watching. And when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Now hold it right there before you go on. Let me set this up for you again. So now... Moses thought to himself, the revolution is about to begin. I've taken the first step. And thus, all of Israel is going to rally around me. But Moses rather found, now picking up in verse 13, and when he went out on the second day, behold, two Hebrew men were fighting. And he said to the one who did the wrong, Why are you striking your companion? Verse 14. Then he said, who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? And all of a sudden it dawned on Moses. Well, you know, this thing, it must have already been brought. People know that I've killed this Egyptian. So Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. And then in verse 15. Now when Pharaoh heard of this matter, He sought to kill Moses, but Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. Okay, so basically, he ran to the far side of the desert. He lived as a nobody. If you're familiar with the book of Exodus, you know that he lived as a nobody there for 40 years on the backside of that desert. And now Moses is 80 years old. And he thought to himself, I'm defeated for good. Life as I know it is over. I've been disqualified. Hey, you know what? Think about this. You know, some people have this sense of defeat when they're like 30 or 40 years old. I mean, Moses is 80 years old, right? But I know some people you know, feel this way, you know, life is over, there's nothing to reach for, there's no more goals to attain, particularly spiritual kinds of goals, you know, life is over. And they give up when they're like 30 or 40 years old. They're thinking, I've wasted all of my gifts. 
I've wasted all of my talents, my training. Life is over. <laughs> Listen, gang, defeat, if you think about it, up until this point, was the story of this man, Moses. But God gave Moses a sign. What was the sign? It was a remarkable bush that didn't burn. In Exodus chapter 3, in verse 2, in Exodus chapter 3, and it says, and the angel of the Lord. Now, don't be confused by that word angel. This is not an angelic being, like an angel or an archangel or a seraphim or a cherubim. That word angel in the Hebrew is translated messenger. And notice also in your Bibles, the word angel is capitalized. What I believe this angel is a reference to is none other than Jesus himself. It's a theophanies. It's an appearance of Jesus in the Old Testament. So it was he that spoke to Moses out of that burning bush. So with that said anyway, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. And so he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. You see, it was burning, but it did not burn up. Why was that? Because it was a symbol of, of the presence of the eternal, everlasting God. That was the sign. The defeated, my life is running out, opportunities gone, Moses was brought face to face with the very nature of God, who is the never defeated, life-giving, countless opportunities, God. And then, as you read on there in the book of Exodus in that chapter, as God spoke to Moses out of the bush, he commissioned him. And he said, Moses, I want you to go to Egypt, and I want you to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Okay, so we're not here for the history lesson, right? How does this relate to you? How does this relate to me? Okay, so let me ask you this question. Do you feel like life has passed you by? Do you feel defeated? Have you, in fact, wasted opportunities that you feel as if you're never going to be able to get them back? Hey, listen, remember God is the eternal God. That was the sign of the burning bush. He will take you right where you are and bring victory out of defeat. And it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are either. It doesn't matter. Moses was commissioned by God for this task when he was 80 years old. And he'll bring victory out of defeat. He'll meet you right where you are. Not only for this life, but for eternity. And remember this, as you well know, only the things that we do for Christ will last on into eternity. Jesus himself said, heaven and earth shall pass away but that which is spiritual abides forever. And look at the grace and power of our God who is able to do that in the life of a sinner. And so this was the sign to encourage Moses to go on. And this also should be the sign that encourages you to go on as well. He's the eternal God who will meet you right where you are and give you countless opportunities to be used of him to accomplish great things.
Now, the last sign that I want to draw your attention to before we close out this message, the last sign that we want to consider is that of the variety of salvation for those who feel left out. Let me say that again. A sign for salvation for those who feel left out. And I'm thinking about, in this example, the shepherds who were tending to their flocks on the sides of the hill of the city of Bethlehem where Jesus was born. In Luke's Gospel in chapter 2, the night Jesus was to be born, we are introduced to a bunch of shepherds tending to their flocks on the side of a hill. And listen, let me tell you something. As it relates to those shepherds, no one had a good opinion of them. They were considered nomads. In fact, back then, I don't know if you knew this or not, a little bit of shepherd trivia, but shepherds were not allowed to testify in a court against, in a hearing or in any kind of, a, you know, to testify against anyone. They were considered unworthy. They were a bunch of nomads. They were frowned upon. They were looked down upon. They were considered low rung on the social totem pole. They were considered liars, not reliable. So these were individuals no one had a good opinion of, that is the shepherds. But suddenly, they become the focus of the most important event that have taken place in the history of mankind. So with that said, let's pick up now in Luke's Gospel in chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign. There it is. (laughs) And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying there in a manger. So this glorious announcement first proclaimed to those whom society considered outcasts. Okay, now, let's turn this around, bring it down to personal terms. How do you perceive yourself? Do you feel as if you've been left out, ostracized? Well, learn here that God has come to take you in. You know, there's more to it than the first announcement of the Lord's birth being broadcast to these shepherds, which would indicate the type of ministry that Jesus would have. Remember being the good shepherd and the analogy, we being members of the flock of God, the lambs of God, the sheep of God, and, and Jesus uses that analogy in many of the stories and parables that he told, right? But, you know, he reached out to these shepherds who were considered outcasts. No one had a good opinion of them. They were frowned upon, looked down upon. Do you feel as if you would fall into that same category? Well, he reaches out to you. 
Learn here that God has come to take you in. He became like you. In fact, he became more lowly than you in order that there wouldn't be any barriers between you and him. Think about that. And all he asks is that you recognize what he has done and receive his signs. You know, listen, I'm I'm not big upon signs. And, you know, you could take this one or two different ways. These are signs to encourage us. Then there are other people who look at signs as excuses. Like, for example, you're, you're trying to share your faith with someone and, you know, you're explaining how you came to know Christ as your Lord and Savior and, and you're telling them how wonderful it is to, to know God and to be considered a child of God, to be a member of his family. And, and you're going through this whole thing and, and you're sharing your testimony and, and then someone would respond by saying, well, listen, you know, that may be well for you and sounds really great, but that isn't my experience. You know, just show me a sign. If God would just show me a sign, then I would believe, right? How many times have you heard someone express that sentiment, right? Just show me a sign. Well, listen, you know, God has shown us so many signs. But you know what? The, the ultimate sign, think about this, is the sign of the what? Is the cross, right? The ultimate sign is that of the sign of the cross. I mean, what do you want? God has done it all. The cross is the ultimate sign. You know, in 1 Corinthians in chapter 15, in verses 3 and 4, For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Folks, that's what that cross represents. He was crucified in our place. He rose again on the third day. He's coming again, right? And allow these things to draw you to himself. Allow that sign to touch your heart. That's the ultimate sign. So listen, God is in the business of giving signs. Can you relate to any of this? You know, maybe you're that person who's been scarred and you're hurt, and you're frightened right now, right? Look to the cross. Maybe you're that person, as I mentioned before, that you're feeling lonely right now, whatever's going on. You feel abandoned. Hey, look to the cross. Maybe you're that person who feels as if you've squandered and wasted countless opportunities to be used of God. Hey, look to the cross. Maybe you feel as if you're left out, that you've been stepped over, Hey, look to the sign of the cross and remember what Jesus has done for you. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. In my Father's house, where I long to be. You've been listening to Pastor Mike Finizio here on In My Father's House. He is working his way through the book of Genesis. If you were blessed by today's message and want to pass along the blessing, you can find a link to give to the ministry on our website, harvestnyc.org. We have so much available to you there, including many audio messages and links to streamed messages. 
We stream every Sunday and Thursday service. Once again, that's harvestnyc.org. Another way to pass along the blessing is to share the messages with someone else. Maybe God put someone on your heart today as you listened. You can send them the links as well. In My Father's House is a ministry out of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Midtown Manhattan, New York City. We're easy to find with access from Port Authority on 42nd and Penn Station on 34th. Come by and see us. But if you're from another part of the country or world, we'd love to know. Please send us a quick note at harvestnyc at verizon.net. That's harvestnyc at verizon.net. It's a great encouragement to Pastor Mike and the team at In My Father's House to hear where these messages are being listened to. There is nothing more beautiful than the global body of Christ. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe to our podcast for daily doses of the word. Just go to Spotify and search for In My Father's House with Mike Venizio. And then just click follow. Well, we have filled our time for today. Come back and see us again, because there's no better place to be than in my father's house with you.